Aliens and robots? Yes, sir. You're telling me that there is a movie company in Hollywood right now that is funded by the CIA? Yes, sir. What's wrong with the bikes again? We tried to get the message upstairs, sir. You think... You think this is more plausible than teachers? Yes, we do. One, there are no more foreign teachers in Iran. And we think everybody knows Hollywood people. And everybody knows they'd shoot in Stalingrad with Paul Pot directing if it would sell tickets. There are only bad options. It's about finding the best one. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir. By far. The United States government has just sanctioned your science fiction movie. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that scene from a movie called Argo. Argo is about a movie production that was put on in 1979 that was was designed to get uh, a CIA operative, Tony Mendez, into Iran to rescue six of the hostages that escaped from the the American embassy when... When uh, the Iranians took over, when they when they ousted the Shah of Iran, so we, so when the Ayatollah Khomeini took over Iran, and we gave him safe haven in the United States, and the Iranians came after our American embassy and and basically uh, kept all our hostages for uh, 444 days, as I remember it. Six of them escaped and uh, got out of the embassy and got over to the uh, Canadian embassy, but they were stuck there. And uh, Tony Mendez, uh, along with a bunch of people in Hollywood, created this excuse to get in there and rescue them. And, uh, and the reason I use that is because that's where we are now in Afghanistan. We're gone. Our military's gone. All of our leverage is gone. And there's 100 or 200 or 500 uh, Americans in there that, that want to come home that couldn't get to the airport. We're going to talk about all that stuff. They couldn't get on a plane. We took out a hundred and some odd thousand people out of there, but who did we take? And what about all the Afghani people that, that helped us while we were there that Biden gave a list to the Taliban 
And some of those people are stuck there. And now they're going house to house looking for them and they can't get out and they can't go out in public and they're trying and they want to get out of the country, but we just left them there. The Biden administration's going, what did we do? How do we spin this? And I'm going to talk about that. That song was home by the sea by Genesis. Uh, you know, I've, I've, Always loved that song, but I never really, never really paid attention to the words. And when you when you read the words, that's all about what we're going on going on right now. Hey, you know, we're going through this, we're going through that. I'm you're looking to the left, you're looking to the right, you're getting hit from above and below. Something doesn't seem quite right. And then out of some out of somewhere, you hear a voice, "Welcome to the home by the sea." Hey, that's where we are. Everything's great here in America. We're great across the world. We just did a successful. Super, super uh, a great success in getting out of Afghanistan. We just turned ourselves into the laughing stock of the world. And quite frankly, being proud to be an American is because we don't do that. We stand for something. We, we, have, we have character. You know, we, we kneel before God and we stand up to other men. We're Americans. We all watch each other's backs, and that just is not America today. What the hell were people thinking when they, when, when number one, they voted the people that voted for Joe Biden, and the people who, and the people who tried to cover up that Trump really won? What the hell were they thinking? And now, now we're hearing that that uh, Biden voters, uh, that a large percentage of them would like to take back their vote. You know what? Hey, I just want to see see a fair count and put Trump back in the White House because you know getting rid of Biden gives us Kamala Harris. That's no better. Well, maybe she's awake anyway. Anyway, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about everything that's going on in this country and and my opinion of it. And uh, if you don't have an opinion, uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll see a little clearly after a little more clearly after you uh, hear my rant. But uh, before I go on, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities, but you got to know where to look, and you got to know how to look, and you got to know uh, you got to position yourself so you're ready. Um, if you uh, if you need some help with that, you want to, and you get need financing, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One last one last time, day or night, toll free area code eight five five. 640-2020. If you're not sure at all about what I'm talking about and what about you know being in the market and being ready, pick up my book, Experience Matters. It's available on edhoffman.net, um, Amazon, everywhere books are everywhere you can uh, get books online. Um, there's a whole bunch of information about the market cycle, all the phases of it, and what we're going through, and uh, and basically all my secrets to. Uh, to being successful in real estate investing, uh, not as a not as someone who has a million dollars in the bank, um, but for starting out from scratch. And of course, if you have a million dollars in the bank, that that just makes it easier to get started. Um, go to edhoffman.net for that, uh, and there's a big link there to order the book. Um, if you want to find out more about financing, but you don't want to call me because uh, it's so personal, uh, edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in all the information you want me to have, You can, and you'll hear back from uh, uh, myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, whether it's uh, to refinance a piece of property that you own or whether to 
purchase a piece of property you'd like to own, whether that be in California, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, Utah, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Montana, Idaho, Washington, or Oregon. I'm licensed in all those places. I can help you. Uh, I can help you if you've got property there, if you'd like to get property there and get out of California. Hopefully, uh, September 14th is a is a good uh, is a is a good day, and we uh, change the governor uh, mansion from uh, uh, from housing uh, Gavin Newsom to Larry Elder, and uh, maybe there's a chance for California. Hopefully, there's a chance for a fair election, and, uh, and then I have uh, I have good uh, hopes for that. Um, if you want to hear anything repeated, also on edhoffman.net, you can hear the, there's a podcast page. You can click on there and hear the, this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes slash uh, Apple Apple Podcast. And you can uh, subscribe for free, have it download to your uh, your computer, your phone, whatever device you listen to podcasts on, and you can listen to it on demand. Uh, follow me on uh, social media. I'm at Ed Hoffman on Twitter, at Big Ed Hoffman and everything else. The Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. Um, if you have comments on the show, email me at Ed to email to Ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, I think I've uh, covered all that stuff. I want to remind you to get your tickets to Town Hall on September 12th at the Hyatt Regency, Orange County. I'll be there uh, to see all the great speakers, but I'll be at my booth between speakers to meet you guys, sign your books. So if you uh, if you have a book, bring it. I'll autograph it for you. And if you uh, don't have a book, you can buy one there and get it signed by me. Uh, get your tickets for Town Hall 2021 at am870theanswer.com. All right. So let's talk about what's going on in this country. Um, you know, with the United States completing its withdrawal from Afghanistan late Monday, the day before the deadline, uh, America's longest war is officially over. And uh, history will likely remember its colossal failures, unfulfilled promises, and frantic final exit that cost lives of more than 180 Afghans and 13 U.S. Uh, service members. Of course, that's the numbers that they're telling us. Um, who knows what the numbers really are? But if we listen to Joe Biden, we're supposed to remember it as an extraordinary success. Extraordinary success of this mission was due to the incredible skill, bravery, and selfless courage of the United States military and our diplomats and intelligence professionals. We completed one of the biggest airlifts in history with more than 120,000 people evacuated to safety. Yeah, and welcome to your home by the sea here in the Inland Empire. You know what? Uh, that's where. Uh, that's where. Hey, this is the extraordinary success. What extraordinary success? If that was success, what does failure look like? And of course, he said, "Hey, the uh, the people who who uh, who uh, showed showed bravely. I think it's called bravery. You know, this guy can't even talk. And uh, they pulled out. They pulled out 120,000 people. Who? Who did they pull out? Do we know who they are? Do we know if they were uh, friendly Afghans? Do we know how many of them were Americans? Do we know if any of them helped us? Do we know how many were Taliban, Al Qaeda, or ISIS? Which we're gonna, which which uh, Biden wants us to think that those are all separate organizations. They're all the same. As we all know, thousands of troops spent a harrowing two weeks overseeing the airlifts. The last planes took off from Kabul Airport at 3:29 p.m. Eastern 
12.30 p.m., uh, which uh, that was one minute before midnight in in uh, in Afghanistan on April 30th, just right before one minute before Biden's August 31st deadline. Of course, for you and me, we know August 1st, August 31st lasts 24 whole hours. So we pulled out 24 hours early. We could have gotten more people out. But I guess they're worried about, uh, I don't know what they're worried about. Central Command General Frank McKinsey made the announcement and took a handful of reporters' questions. I'm here to announce the completion of our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the end of the military mission to evacuate American citizens. How did it feel leaving Afghanistan to the very group that you overthrew 20 years ago, the Taliban? It was very, uh, I was very conflicted, actually. But I would tell you, I was pretty much focused on the task at hand. I'll have days ahead to actually think about that. That's a question, and I, and I am going to be thinking about that in the days ahead. Yeah, I would think conflicted would be would be uh, something he would he would think uh, and feel as the whole country does. You know, there's everybody thought we should be out of Afghanistan, but we had twenty three hundred people there. We had twenty three hundred people in a in a safe air base, full of all kinds of equipment, helicopters, Humvees, uh, MRAPs, which are the Humvees with the uh, with the anti bomb stuff uh, armor on the bottom. So if they hit a they had a roadside bomb. The the occupants of the Humvee actually lived through it. We had plane. We had planes. We had machine guns. We had night vision goggles. We had uh, not AK 47s but whatever the assault rifles that the uh, military used. We had all that stuff. We left it. We were in a secure base where the where the people the bad guys couldn't get out. Get there. We had we had our military guys to protect. The country and the Taliban had been waiting 20 years because they knew they they knew they were screwed if they tried to, to uh, attack because the American military was there and we don't take crap from anybody. And we just left. And we left all that equipment. You know, people complain about how we how we armed, uh, how we armed Al Qaeda. Uh, we armed uh, bin Laden's people in the uh in the late 70s so the late 70s or early 80s so we uh so we armed bin laden and his and his group so they could fight against the russians we had a task we had a task and we sold we sold uh weapons to the saudis and we whatever we did over there we just left them to the terrorists we had the Air Force base. We could have loaded up all those all those airplanes with all that equipment. Just exactly what Trump said he was going to do. Take everything. And you know what? If the Taliban starts advancing, all the plans go out the window. And you know what? Talking to the military guys that I know, uh, including uh, Joey Jones and, uh, and a whole bunch of other people, you know, hey, if if we have to leave twenty three hundred people over there, and we and we uh, rotate them out every every six months or so, so nobody has to spend years and years in in Afghanistan, and if that keeps the terrorists from building up, that's a small price. We have military people all over the world, not because not because we have interest there, but just to keep people from building up. And creating creating a threat to the United States of America. Nobody thinks that we were ever going to make Afghanistan into uh, another state of the United States. 
But if it, keeping a few guys over there, if we keep a few good men over there to, to watch it, we're and we're safer because of it, then so be it. So let's talk about who got left behind. At first, at first, the official position of the Pentagon was that 6,000 Americans were evacuated and the number of Americans left behind was likely very low hundreds. That number changed by Tuesday. Uh, more than that, more on that in a minute. Remember, last week we kept hearing about getting out all Americans who want to come home. Not all Americans, all Americans who want to come home. And I keep hearing that and I say, I wonder if people caught on to that. I talked about that last week. This is their, their buzzword, people who want to come home. You know, when the buildings are on fire, do you want to get out of there? If you want to get out of there, we're going to save you. The firemen go, hey, anybody in there that wants to come out? No, we like it in here. It's nice and warm. So that's a BS narrative. The narrative continues with McKenzie announcing that the failure to evacuate all Americans was simply this. They didn't make it to the airport. We no, no American citizens came out on the last what we call the joint tactical exfiltration, the last uh, five jets to leave. Uh, we, we maintained the ability to bring them in up until immediately before departure, but we were not able to bring any Americans out. That activity ended probably about 12 hours before our exit, although we continued the outreach and would have been prepared to, to bring them on until the very last minute, but none of them made it to the airport and were able to be, and were able to be accommodated. We were not able? The American military might was not able? Who stopped it? Since when do we since when do we do what we can? You know when they tried to rescue guys out of the Arizona in uh Pearl Harbor. You know, hey, we couldn't get them out. We weren't able to get them out. We weren't able to get them out because the the ship was sinking and we couldn't get them out before the people drowned. These people weren't drowning. We just couldn't get them past the Taliban people. Since when do we let do we let those guys push us around? We're America. And certainly not Marines. I can tell you any Marine I've ever met. They don't they don't let anybody push them around. You know, hey, these guys at Gitmo, they're fanatical. Fanatical about what? About being Marines. I haven't met a Marine that isn't that way. When pressed by a reporter, McKenzie got defensive. I think we did a very good job of getting everybody that we could get uh, that we could get out, given the unique cha- the challenges of the tactical situation on the ground. Every single U.S. service member is now out of Afghanistan. I can say that with 100% certainty. You would like to bring out everybody that wanted to come out. We're not able to do that. The situation wouldn't allow it. Yeah, you know what? These are these are the little words that I that I just don't understand. Everybody, everybody, we could get out. That we could. I just think I just don't think. Hey, we couldn't as part as part of the the creed of the American military. Everybody who wanted to come out, I just don't believe that anybody that was there didn't want to come out. The situation wouldn't allow it. The situation. Since when do we let the situation control us? We we make the situation. We don't let the situation make us. You know, I use the Pearl Harbor thing. Pearl Harbor was different. You got a ship a ship sinking and you got an iron an iron uh uh ship people can't get through the iron unless we can get to them and you can only you can only hold your breath so long we could cut through the cut through the decks and we can get them out but they were underwater that situation is something that we couldn't control but we couldn't get them past the gate 
I don't buy that BS. Oh, and you'll you'll hear here shortly. Well, I'll I'll let, wait till I get to that. So also on Monday, inept Secretary of State Antony Blinken gave what looked like a hostage speech from the White House, and that's when the number of Americans left behind magically dropped to a hundred. Let me talk briefly about the Americans who remain in Afghanistan. We made extraordinary efforts to give Americans every opportunity to depart the country, in many cases talking and sometimes walking them into the airport. Of those who self-identified as Americans in Afghanistan who are considering leaving the country, we've thus far received confirmation that about 6,000 have been evacuated or otherwise departed. This number will likely continue to grow as our outreach and arrivals continue. We believe there are still a small number of Americans, under 200 and likely closer to 100, who remain in Afghanistan and want to leave. We're trying to determine exactly how many. We're going through manifests and calling and texting through our lists. You know, I'm wearing a shirt that I bought on, uh, online from uh, Warrior 12, and it says, Truth. The first casualty of tyranny. That's what we're experiencing right now. We can't. We don't get to hear the truth. Tyranny is going on. the 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 government is controlling everything. They decided who we voted for. We put in a senile old old man that doesn't know which where you know he doesn't know doesn't know what time it is. Uh, of course, he looks at his watch a lot. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um. He doesn't know what time it is. He doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know where he's at. He has to have his his uh, his seeing eye his seeing eye dog uh, Kamala Harris or his wife uh, telling him which where to stand, when to sit down, which way to go. And uh, hey, if anybody asks you a question, just turn around and walk away. The first casualty tyranny is the truth. So who are these hundred people that uh, Blinken says are still there? The White House spin is that they're all dual citizens. When Biden finally gave his speech on Tuesday, this was one of the many things he yelled at us. Since March, we reached out 19 times to Americans in Afghanistan with multiple warnings and offers to help them leave Afghanistan all the way back as far as March. After we started the evacuation 17 days ago, we did initial outreach and analysis and identified around 5,000 Americans who had decided earlier to stay in Afghanistan, but now wanted to leave. Our Operation Allied Rescue ended up getting more than 5,500 Americans out. Most of those who remain are dual citizens, longtime residents, but early decided to stay because of their family roots in Afghanistan. The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. Yeah, you know, uh, 90% is not all Americans who, we're gonna, until all Americans who wanna leave are out, we'll stay there. Yeah, that's what he's told to uh, George Stephanopoulos. Now 90% who wanted to, 90%, that's good enough, that's who America is, right? I don't think so. And you know, hey, they were told 19 times. Let me give you a let me give you a little bit of reality of of what really happened. You know, hey, your password's going to expire in 7 days. You need to change your password. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I got it 7 days. It's not that important. Hey, your password's going to expire in 6 days. It's time to change your password or else you're not going to have access to your computer. 
That's right. Uh, it's, I'm busy right now. Hey, your password's gonna gonna expire tomorrow. I got 24 hours. I'll, I'll you know I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll find some time to do it. All right. Hey, your password's gonna expire in 30 seconds. Oh, what? What? Hey, I missed. I missed that email. You know what? If they told people 19 times that they need to get out, they told them 19 times. Who over there would think that they'd pull the military out first? Hey, when it's time to go, we're gonna head to the airport. We're gonna head to the airport in the mil- We're gonna head to the military base, and they're gonna pull us out. Who would have thought they pulled the military out first? Who would have thought that Americans would let the Taliban push us around? People are going. What do you mean? What do you mean we can't get in? What do you mean we gotta have fifteen hundred to get through? What do you mean the American government isn't just covering that? What do you mean? Hey, I'm all out of time for a part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll be right back with a lot more. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but uh, if you're interested in finding out if uh, there should be some uh, real real estate or financing uh, plans in your near future, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. And uh, do the cyber thing, and we'll uh, get you get you dialed in. Whether that's uh, refinancing a piece of property you own, or purchasing a property that you'd like to own, or if you want to get some information about that reverse mortgage thing everybody's talking about, the world is changing, folks. Make sure you're prepared for it. Make sure you're prepared for it. So eight five five six four zero twenty twenty or edhoffman.net, and uh, I'll hook you up if you want some insight on uh, on life on life, on real estate, on uh, all kinds of stuff. Pick up my book, Experience Matters. Here's mine, available on edhoffman.net, Amazon, everywhere else. And if you'd like to get an autographed copy, uh, we'll see you at Town Hall 2021 on uh, the 12th. Hey, next weekend is uh, is uh, September 11th, the 20th, 20th anniversary. So uh, if you've never heard my 9-11 special, uh, half of the show will be uh, that half-hour special. Uh, that I put together about uh, 13, 14 years ago um, as a tribute to 9-11. You know, the day we'll never forget, but of course, half of the country seems to have forgotten. Um, But uh, help you relive it through, uh, relive the the emotions and the the intensity of the day and uh, and the the, the days that followed. And uh, it's it's all movie clips. Uh, news clips, uh, music, and it's uh, not very much of me at all. Um, but uh, that's next next weekend on the main event. Okay, so uh, we we're talking about the fiasco that is uh, has been the uh, the pullout of Afghanistan, the surrender to the Taliban, I'd call it. Uh, but one one of the most egregious lies being spun by the administration this week is the lie about Taliban 2.0, the new kinder, gentler Taliban. 
Never mind that Taliban fighters have been taking photos in our tanks and planes all week. Or that they're holding symbolic funerals for the West on the streets of Kabul. You know, they're carrying around uh, 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 caskets. They're empty, but they got American flags on them uh, to, to symbolize that, hey, the West died. There's no more America. There's no more England. There's no more Western society in Afghanistan. They're mocking us. The Biden administration somehow expects us to believe that this is a kinder, kinder, gentler Taliban, the one that is the sworn enemy of ISIS. Biden yelled at us about this as well. The Taliban has made public commitments broadcast on television and radio across Afghanistan on safe passage for anyone wanting to leave, including those who worked alongside Americans. Yeah, they uh, they made commitments. They made commitments and they announced them on TV. It's kind of like what we got to see in the election last last November. Hey, we got to see stuff on TV. Doesn't mean it was true. They made commitments. They made commitments and they told it to everybody. Yeah, that's what Roy Horn of uh, Siegfried and Roy said. Hey, that white tiger made a commitment to both me and Siegfried. They made a commitment to be nice and we're going to feed them really good and we're going to let them go on stage in Las Vegas. Right up until that white tiger grabbed grabbed uh, Roy Horn by the neck and dragged him off stage. And that was the effective end of his life. So, yeah, we can believe the Taliban. They made commitments. The lie that there's a, a Taliban 2.0 is obviously being coordinated across the administration. Here's that teenager uh, national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, and a pretty shocking remark from General McKenzie. What is the Taliban? Are they now our frenemy? Are they our adversary? Are they our enemy? Are they our, what are they? Well, it's hard to put a label on it. The Taliban have been very pragmatic, very pragmatic and very businesslike as we have approached this uh, withdrawal. They were uh, actually very helpful and useful to us as we closed down operations. Very businesslike. They've been very businesslike and very helpful. And as we uh, as we ended our operation in there, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep myself from just yelling "bull" into the into the mic. You know that's such a crock of crap. Can you believe that? I have, the Taliban's been very businesslike. You know we're hearing people calling over calling over the uh, Afghanistan people in there that are Afghanis that are calling and they're, and they're talking to people while we hear, while we hear the Taliban in their, in their building going through it. And we're hearing gunshots. They're going through and killing people that aided Americans. And who knows the people that are American citizens. We, Oh yeah, we're still the, the, the operation's not, the operation's not over. Well, how are we going to have any operation? Watch the movie Argo, the opening clip that I used uh, in the first half. That's what we were left with in Iran in 1979. And you know what happened? You know how that all ended? Number one, the six hostages, we got them out under the, uh, under the guys that they, these guys were, were uh, movie producing people that were just went over there to, to uh, find a, find a, uh, uh, a, a spot to shoot this uh, science fiction movie. We got him out on that. But you know, the all the other hostages that were there for 444 days, you know how we got them out? We got rid of Jimmy Carter, that that limp noodle that we had in the, in the uh, White House, 
and and Ronald Reagan was was uh, elected. And the day of his inauguration, they let everybody free. Can you imagine what would happen in the world right now if we just went in and said, hey, we're going to set aside the 2020 election because it was all bull, it was all fraud, and Trump is president again. Pompeo's the Secretary of uh, Secretary of State again. We come back. We come back into the. We come back with the Trump administration. Do you know what would change? Everybody at the southern border would just retreat. Everybody in Afghanistan, they'd all go back into their holes, and in would come the the mighty American military, and we'd take back the country, and we'd take control of all that stuff. The, the oil drillers would go back to work and the price of gas would drop back from five bucks down to two bucks. Somebody needs to change something in the Constitution because this has been this has been a fraud pulled over on the American people. And you know what? That's the one thing about the Constitution. You can change it. Somebody we need to we need to have some people in office that have the have the guts. To not just do what we always do. I hear Mitch McConnell talking about, well, we're not going to have an impeachment. We need to impeach this guy. We're not going to have an impeachment because, you know, we just wouldn't have it. I'll bet you, I'll bet you if, if the if some of the Republicans have the stones to go in there and start impeachment in the Senate, that there's enough Democrats that will that will vote with it because they, they all see what's going on and we're losing our country. But that requires some guts. Joey Jones has provided some great insights. My friend Joey Jones that I've had here in the studio, uh, that I've uh, had him out to our events, and uh, and we talk on the uh, talk on on text, not very often on the phone, but we text back and forth all the time. But he has he's been you've seen him on Fox News and on Newsmax. You've seen him all over the place. No, I don't think he's been on Newsmax. Just uh, Fox. I think he's got an exclusive at Fox. But we've seen him on almost every show there because there's a guy who knows. Afghanistan. He left two legs there, um, but we—he's got had some great insights throughout this as an expert on war, uh, on Afghanistan. On Fox News primetime, he was asked to react to General McKenzie's praise for the Taliban. That's um, that you can say on television. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I I don't know that man. I didn't. As far as I know, I didn't serve under his command. I don't know what political pressure on his shoulders. But I know what it means to be a Marine. And I'll tell you right now, I'd never look him in the face, even if the President of the United States, who was my boss at the time, told me to, and say some trash like that about the people trying to kill him. You can say that you are proud of this mission we just accomplished as far as airlifting 100,000 people out of a country that's about to go to ruin. But to go so far as to be a spin doctor for an organization that literally tortures people, oppresses them, and kills them, how dare you and how dare you ever, ever look troops in the face again and order them into combat? You don't deserve it. You just don't get to do that. Yeah, I can. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about that. We talk about uh, uh, we talk about the 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 uh, the bodies of the 13 people uh, being carried off. Uh, but, you know, uh, someone who's seen a lot we've seen a lot this week is retired Colonel Oliver North. He's been telling the truth about what the Taliban is doing. While Biden was telling us about so-called safe passage being provided by the Taliban at the Kabul airport, Colonel North has sources on the ground who saw what was really happening. The truth was safe passage was only for those who could pay for it. Here's Colonel Colonel uh, North on uh, Waters World. 
the payment for passing through a checkpoint is hold on because I've got this is encrypted comms of these guys. The, the current payment for getting through the, the, the wickets, all of the checkpoints the ta Taliban have established is fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Your average fellow who's trying to get out doesn't have that in his pocket. Yeah. For this entire day, a group of brave and exhausted Americans have been trying to get hundreds of pre-manifested men, women, and children, including American citizens, and to get them out through a gate at the Kabul airport. And while the incompetent and political military establishment in the Pentagon couldn't get it out, out of the way of itself, it took the President of the United States to authorize the gate to be opened. And because of our inaction in giving up authority and control to the Taliban, they're now issuing orders to our remaining assets at the airport. What's going to happen in the aftermath is Americans who've already been selected and high-valued targets of our allies are going to be kept as hostages to make sure that a Moab, as you just mentioned, or a JDAM doesn't land on the presidential palace and take them out. In other words, we've offered them money, we've offered them recognition, all that stuff is being talked about. But what they mostly want is to be able to humiliate this president. And uh, I don't know if, uh, if they've noticed, but this president is humiliating himself enough and he's humiliating all of us. I mean, maybe you guys don't think this affects you personally, but I do. I do because I'm an American and I, and I, and I have profited and been blessed by the, by the, by the riches that this country offers. And I'm proud to be an American, but this isn't the America that I grew up in. It's not the America that we had up until January 20th of this year. This isn't America as I know it. Hey, you know, this is not who we are. You're right. This is not who we are. Just like this, you're not our president, Biden. It's, it's, ama it's amazing when you cut through all the, all the BS, what's really happening over there. Colonel North, North continued to speak out this week saying two very important things. Number one, the idea that the Taliban and ISIS are enemies is a lie. They're actually one and the same. And, the, and number two, the fact that our vehicles and planes have been disabled by the Pentagon doesn't matter because China will re-engineer them. Taliban equals Al-Qaeda equals ISIS equals Haqqani organization. The, quote, new government, unquote, in Kabul is now being helped by Russian GRU officers intercepting cell phone calls from those begging for help getting out. And what they're doing is they're targeting. That's why you hear those gunshots. They know where to go to find the cell phone because that person was calling somebody in the States in, in, a, in a plea to get out. You got intelligence officers in Pakistan and the People's Republic of China now pouring through stockpiles of U.S. weapons, aircraft, sensitive military equipment for shipping it to China where it's going to be reverse engineered and exploited. Yeah, you know, the people that do electronics, people that do that stuff, they can take an iPhone and just kind of take it apart, figure out how the technology is. You know, that's why uh, patents, you know, when uh, Apple came out with the iPhone and the put your two fingers in there and spread things and pull things around. And then uh, it was a few years, but when the first patent expires, then uh, Samsung was able to come out with the same thing. How did they figure out how to do that? They bought an iPhone and took it apart. That's how this stuff goes on. Hey, we disabled them. We disabled them. If you, if you remember the, the movie uh, Zero Dark Thirty, um, you saw that we had a, we had a Black Hawk helicopter that went down. There was two Black Hawk stealth helicopters that went into, uh, 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 where, uh, bin Laden was hiding. And the first one crashed on, 
on uh, on when it landed. So it had some kind of a problem. It hit something. It crash landed. The guys got out safe and went in and and did their jobs. But when they when they got out, they had to leave that helicopter because it was it was damaged. And you saw them take everything out of it, and you saw them stick something in the in the console or what you'd call the dashboard. And they got out, and when they took off in the other helicopter, that thing exploded. Make sure there's nothing for them to reverse engineer when you come out. You know what? When they say, hey, we disabled them, they pulled the coil wire out of the Humvees and say, hey, uh, these things don't work anyway. Or, you know, hey, you know, we left, we took the keys with us so they couldn't start them up. Give me a break. How stupid do you think the, how stupid do you think our, our adversaries are? Colonel North then floated out a fascinating theory about Biden. I guess the thing that bothers me most about this thing is that we don't know whether the president is competent or not. So one of the rumors is that there's a, a, a cell of his supporters, some of them in the media, some of them his closest advisors, probably Schumer, who are actively thinking now it's time to invoke the 25th Amendment. Because that's one of the reasons why he's, you see how often he's being contradicted by people who basically, he's the commander in chief. Yeah. And the PRC is very powerful. We know that there's connections. Never underestimate the power of blackmail. So let's recap what he's talking about. So the Taliban is, is giving Biden orders. They're telling him what's going on. You know, the Taliban's, the Taliban's like, is like, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, yeah, that's the ticket. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, John Lovitz on uh, Saturday Night Live. Sure. That's it. Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a war hero. Sure. Yeah. That's the ticket. And, uh, and they're just playing Biden. Well, you know, we want to pull our guys out. We're going to let you guys have the country, and uh, but we want we want your assurance uh, that you're not going to kill the kill the Afghani people that are nice that that we're leaving behind. Uh, sure, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, that's the ticket. And uh, you know, we have some people that have actually been uh, our allies. They've helped us while we uh, ousted you guys 20 years ago, and they've been working for us. And you know, we're not going to take them. Well, you just promised. To not to not mess with them and not kill them and not take over and not make uh, all these women that that haven't known uh, you know the the previous ways of Sharia law. We sure yeah we're gonna we're gonna be nice to everybody. This is we're kinder and gentler. Bull. And he's stupid enough to buy that crap. So the Taliban Taliban has is the Taliban has uh, Biden on the leash and they're just telling him what to do. So we gave them all our equipment. We left all our equipment, and they're taking the they're taking the uh, all our all our Humvees and all our helicopters and all our night vision uh, goggles and all our technology that we just left there. They're taking it over to Pakistan and from Pakistan over to the PRC, the People's Republic of China, and they're reverse engineering it. So they have the same stuff that we do. Biden. Biden's already in bed with the Chinese people, so he can't be tough to them because he's been he's got deals going where his family is profiting from it. They got him by the stones. <clears throat> they got him by the short and curlies. He can't do anything with them. Can you call can you say conflict of interest? Can you say can you say, hey, we're not operating from a position of strength? We're we're in we're in trouble here. The guy running our country is conflicted. 
on top of being uh, incompetent and delusional. But Hunter Biden has got the money and he's sharing it with his dad. And you know, as uh, as Colonel North can, uh, ended his little uh, speech, he said, don't ever underestimate the power of blackmail. So when the Chinese go, hey, Joe, I don't really care. If you do this, if you play hardball with us, we're just going to tell the world what's really going on. Anybody who, th- who voted for Biden out there, you want to change your vote now? It's too late. So let's talk about uh, the, the, the scene at uh, Dover, uh, Dover Air Force Base in Delaware uh, the other day. Biden didn't just turn his backs on Americans left behind. As we've heard from the brand new Gold Star families who lost their 13 children a week ago, he also turned his back on the troops he supposedly cares about. The president who ends every speech with, may God protect our troops, was photographed checking his watch while, rece- while receiving the 13 caskets at Dover Air Force Base. Here's Gold Star dad Mark Schmitz, who lost his 20-year-old son, Jared, at the co- in the Kabul attack. I actually leaned into my son's mother's ear and I said, I swear to God, if he checks his watch one more time, and that was only probably four times in, um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look at him anymore after that, just considering especially the time and why we were there. It was, uh, I found to be the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. You know what, can you imagine? Your son's in the military. He's sworn, he's, uh, sworn to protect, to, uh, to uh, give all the way up to and including his life to protect this country. We didn't have to put him in harm's way because we had, we had the country under control. But Biden pulls out all the military people, lets the Taliban take control of that, and now we have to go on a suicide mission to get our people out. They send your son over there, completely unnecessary. This didn't have to be a harmful situation. And you lose your 20-year-old son. And it's all because this guy is Mr. Magoo. He can't see, he can't hear, he can't think. And the joint chief, the head of the Joint Chief of Staff and the Secretary of Defense aren't, don't have the, the, the stones to stand up to him and say, Hey, Mr. President, this can't happen. And he's out there, he's out there, and as the as the bodies are coming out in the caskets, draped in the American in the American flag, he's checking his watch his watch. Some Biden supporters have said, well, that's the wrist he wears Bo's rosary on. So he's probably looking at that. But when asked if that was what's happening, Jen Psaki didn't answer. Star families have criticized the president, president's conduct um, at the dignified transfer. There was a, a father of one Marine who said that the president appeared to be checking his watch every time a flag draped transfer case came out of the plane. And a sister of another Marine said that it felt like a fake and scripted apology. Um, was the president looking at his watch and does he have a message to those people uh, who felt that they were offended? Well, I would say his message to all of the family members is uh, that he is uh, grateful to their uh, sons and daughters, the sacrifice uh, they made to the country, that he knows uh, firsthand what it's like to lose a child and the fact that no one can tell you uh, anything or say anything or there's no words that are going to fill that hole that is left by that. You know, there is no words that anyone's going to say to fill that hole that's left by it. But you know what? People who have lost a child to to a brain tumor like Bo, or to uh, or 
in the war, in a war that we were fighting that it, there was no control over. It's, a, it's different. This is the guy that sent their kids to die. But once again, so we, once again, we have to hear about Bo Biden, not just from Saki, but of course, Joe, the president who has, who, who has, uh, likes to make everything about his son uh, continued this unfortunate habit. In fact, this was the only part of his Afghanistan, Afghanistan speech where he wasn't yelling at America. I don't think enough people understand how much we have asked of the 1% of this country who put that uniform on willing to put their lives on the line in defense of our nation. Maybe it's because my deceased son, Bo, served in Iraq for a full year. Before that, well. Yeah, before that, uh, well, he forgot what he was talking about. And he forgot, this isn't really pertinent to what's going on. Next, Biden had the audacity to make the whole thing about Bo while meeting with his with the new Gold Star families who just lost their kids one week ago. Here's Mark Schmitz again. It- it didn't go well. Um, he talked a bit more about his own son than he did my son, and that, that didn't sit well with me. Yeah, I can imagine it wouldn't sit well with me either. You know what? Uh, I, don't have time to, I don't have time to read this, but if you want to hear another, another one of the parents, Shauna Chappelle, her, her name is spelled S-H-A-N-A. Her last name is C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Google her and look at the post that uh, Facebook and Instagram took down. But it's all over the internet now of what her her post was to 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 Joe Biden after meeting him and uh, being in his face, and it's it's a great. I wish I had time to read it. Anyway, hey, I'm a lot of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, thanks for listening. Order my book, Experience Matters. Here's mine on edhoffman.net, and I will be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 